Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, next in the mess is all of this trash that happened with Bella Thorne and OnlyFans. So, here's the deal of what happened for people who don't know, because it's a little bit confusing. Last week, Bella Thorne signed, announced that she had signed up for an OnlyFans account and she was going to be creating content. Within 24 hours... She made a million dollars. I think it is now up to two million as of like a few days ago. So serious, serious money. If you guys know, um, Caroline Calloway also did this and it sparked a huge debate about the responsibility of people who have platforms in their real lives and in their online lives, people who have clout, people who are celebrities, like what is the responsibility of celebrities with respect to using sites that are predominantly for sex workers? Is it responsible? Is it rude? Is it screwing them over? And in this case, it screwed them over big time. So, what happened was, is there, you can have like pay-per-view content and the maximum amount that you could charge for that content was $200. So what Beth, Bethany, what, um, Bella did was say, oh, I'm going to be releasing these three pictures, charge people $200. They're going to be nudes. So when people, all these people signed up and when the subscribers went to look at it, they were lingerie picks. So OnlyFans has a policy that if people are not given the content that they were delivered, if they were scammed, if they were duped in whatever way they can request a refund. So obviously a fuck ton of people sign up for this content. They find out that 
they were not delivered the content that they um, were told that they were going to. And then this huge wave of people go to the website to request refunds. Obviously, this is like not a great thing for OnlyFans. And so they crack down and implement changes like immediately. So in order to play all these people back, they then change their policy to have pay-per-view content charge a maximum of $50. Um, you can only tip people a maximum of $100 and all the money that you make on OnlyFans goes, went from like the payout length went from seven days to 30 days. So imagine this. You're charging, obviously, like, A, you're going to be taxed. Imagine going to, like, if, I don't, I think a lot of most people don't charge, like, top dollar for their content, $200, but imagine going from charging $200 and then getting whatever taxes taken out of that to charging $50 and getting whatever taxes taken out of that. So you're now going from like three figures to a low two figures, right? Fucked up. <clears throat> and imagine finding out that your pay cycle has gone from seven days to 30. This is incredibly, incredibly harmful to the people who genuinely need this money, of which Bella Thorne is for sure not one of those people, right? So she... Did all this bullshit in the name of making a movie that she's alleging that she was making a movie about OnlyFans and has just now screwed over a an entire community of sex workers, right? So um So here's where the second part comes in. Another layer to this fucked up onion, right? So Bella said that she joined the platform in order to do research for this movie that she was making with director Sean Baker. He has directed movies like The Florida Project, Tangerine, like really interesting movies, great films, right? So she said her goal was like to look into what are the ins and outs? What does a platform like this do to its users? What is the connective material between your life and your life inside the world of OnlyFans? How it can change your life for the worse or the better? How far are you willing to go and how far do you want to go? You can be me or this talented girl from Montana and OnlyFans could change your life if you want it to, of course. So she said she's planning on acting in the film and that it was going to be written director and directed by Sean Baker. It was basically, they're saying, once all this bullshit happened, he said, like, I'm out. He's completely denied that he's doing it, that he has no interest in um, hurting the sex worker community, and that from now on, basically, they just had a call about it. She basically said, like, oh, we're going to be working on it, and that he advised her team to actually consult with sex workers and address the way that she went about this as so as not to work hurt the sex work industry. <sighs> this bitch done fucked up. <laughs> this is like such a messed up thing. I can't even believe that she would think that she would ever have any perspective 
on this and the effects of it when you're a rich person who doesn't need this money and does not rely on this money, how you could ever think that you could be the star of a movie, a movie and have perspective, like, this isn't like, I don't know, like, Sandra Bullock, not Sandra Bullock, who's the one with the the chin? Hillary Swank, doing um, boxing lessons for like three weeks and then filming Million Dollar Baby. This is a completely different thing. I said the one with the jaw, didn't I? That was fucked up. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Um, but you, why she would think that this was a smart thing... Bella Thorne, if we're going to be honest, like, does a whole slew of fucked up things. And most people just don't pay attention to her because, like, frankly, she looks smelly. And it's like, you can't really take her that seriously. But this was a big, big problem. She has since apologized for it. But mm, I'm not really picking up what she's putting down because I just don't know why she thought this would be a smart idea to begin with. Anyway, y'all let me know what you think. Sound off below in the comments when I post it. Um, with that, I just have like a very short, this is a short episode, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> very short and quick recap of Love After Lockup coming up next. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I'll catch on with you guys later. And right, I need to sleep and I just need to go home and figure things out. So I don't know. I just want to be done. What do you, you're done with what? I don't want to be married anymore. <laughs>
and he really doesn't see the need for her to get any surgery and you know like if it's something that she really wants great but he fears that it's always going to be on to the next thing and the next procedure liposuction butt lift he's just worried that like nothing is ever going to be enough for her that is a legitimate concern and honestly he did do this whole like thing where he impersonated her and talked about how she would never really listen to him even if he tried to have a legit conversation with her and I get that like I don't know what I would say if I had a friend in that position where it doesn't really seem like she's doing any of these like it's clear that she has low self-esteem and it's clear that she wants to, I mean, there, there's a fine line, right? There's a fine line between I'm just not happy with these things and I just think it'll be better and a help. And another where I think Larissa is in, which is like, I view myself through the lens of male attention and I'm doing these things to get male attention. First of all, It's a lie that she's doing these things for Eric. One, because Eric's not sexually attracted to her. They don't have a sexual relationship. Like, let's just be honest here. But also, Eric has made it very clear that he likes her the way she is. So, eh, I don't know how you have these conversations with people. I don't have... I don't know anybody who's had, like, major plastic surgery. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be, like, a really tough conversation to be like, I support you if this is what you really want, but... Uh, really think about why you're doing this. What's motivating you? Is it going to be like, oh, I've got these two things done and now I want this other thing done and then I want this other thing done. And, you know, I support people's and especially women's choices to get plastic surgery if that's what they want, but you have to like want it in the right way, you know, in a way that's not just purely psychological. Oh gosh. Let's go to Creeny and Paul. It's more and more difficult to watch them and to watch how abusive Paul is and how broken Creeny is. I think in addition to her probably suffering from some sort of postpartum depression, I think she also is in an abusive relationship. I mean, that is very clear. She is really like... and. I mean, just everything about their relationship are the things that you, the stuff of nightmares. One, he's abusive. Two, you're dealing with baby blues. Three, you guys truly can't communicate and not even in a way of like, we, like he just doesn't hear me, which he doesn't, but also like they literally can't really have a in-depth conversation. She can't share with him how she feels unless she puts it through the translation app and I the girl's 23 I mean my god can you imagine it's it's really really hard to watch him pretend to be Mr. Nice Guy on television when we know how he is now more than ever and it's just not entertaining it's just really just not entertaining to watch but Karini says that she gave Paul a two-month deadline to find a job And after that, she was really going to consider, like, moving back to Brazil. So she gets an Uber with Pierre while he's gone looking for jobs. Or no, he was with his mom. 
She found an immigration lawyer that has a Portuguese translator and she just wanted to weigh her options of what are my rights? Can I take Pierre back to Brazil with me? What's what's the tea on that? So she is a permanent resident. Pierre is a U.S. resident. Um, she has a lot more rights than somebody who would just be here, you know, on a K-1 or whatever. So she has every right to take Pierre wherever she wants to go on her own. She can come and go in the country as she pleases. Everything is fine on that. The lawyer was concerned, and I think we're all concerned of like, okay, I kind of hope that you would have better communication with your husband because even though you can do what you want, Paul also has just as many rights as you do. And he could stop you at the airport on your way to Brazil and file an injunction and then you're kind of shit out of luck, right? So she comes back. He's saying, oh, I've, we've been fighting a lot and she's really upset with me about not getting a job, but I'm trying. Um, but I got her bag of plantains to try and smooth things over. (laughs) So he's like going over the plantains and which ones are green and I got the biggest ones I could find blah 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 and she's just staring at him like Paul a grilled fruit is not going to save this relationship sir it's not going to make me feel better it's not going to make me love you <laughs> the dollar fifty that you just spent on a bunch of plantains is not going to fix a damn thing in our relationship <sighs> so and this is <sighs> hmm. First of all, it's worth mentioning that they have trash bags taped to their windows. I haven't seen this outside of, like, y'all. Y'all. I have a confession to make. I have a new addiction. A new show that I've been binging. That even against my will. And against everything. Every fiber of my being says, no, please stop. What are you looking at? Why are you consuming this content? Every day I watch at least one episode and okay, I have to admit that. And that is hoarders. Y'all, if you guys are not heavy, I used to be like, okay, I can watch one episode of hoarders a year and I got to tap in and tap right the fuck back out. But thanks to host of the vibe company podcast, princess, she started tweeting about an episode I I watched my one a year. The next week she started tweeting about an episode that was after that one. And I had to watch it because she was just so eloquently speaking about the mess that was happening. And then I just, I I got, I got into it. I got really into it. Y'all, this is like truly watching people who are unwell. And I like... At what point are we going to have to discuss that, like, hoarders and intervention are completely exploitative television shows? It starts off being really entertaining, but then the more you watch, it's like, wow, this lady is, you know, earmuffs if you guys have a particular distaste towards uh, gross things. Why am I watching this lady who is basically trapped in her own house filled with bottles of piss? And the other thing that comes out of you. Why is she using a bucket? Why does she have a smaller bucket for the bigger bucket 
because the bigger bucket gets too heavy. So then she has to use a smaller bucket and then dump the contents of her human bodily waste out into the yard. Why is that happening? Why does this lady have a doll um, hospital in her home for all the dolls that she buys at the thrift store? And she has surgeries on them in which she cuts off um, her, their limbs in case another doll needs another limb. And it kind of looks like that freaky doll from Toy Story. And she has a giggle that if you heard it in the middle of the night, you would think that you were certainly haunted. It feels good to talk about that and let that out. The point is, they had trash bags taped to their windows in a way that you would only see on Hoarders. And they are hoarders. There could be a special episode for the hoarding. Have you seen that apartment? By the way, Paul is now in Brazil. He claims that Greenies in Indiana and with Pierre, he has flown to Brazil to clean up their place. <laughs> Question marks all over my forehead right now. He's saying that he's doing it just to make sure that Pierre is going to have a safe place. And he's offering tours on Instagram of like, what would you guys like to see? Would you like to see um, how people are handling COVID? How uh, the scenery? He then went on this whole thing about how he's probably not going to see his other son. The one that Karini's currently pregnant with. He probably will never see Pierre again. He just wants to make sure that they have a nice life. He misses his kid. He hasn't seen Pierre since June. Oh, boy, boy, boy. And this is why it's so hard to watch. Let's continue and, and just end this. Basically, Karini tells him that she went to the attorney and just wanted to weigh her options. He takes this as, I'm going, I'm leaving with Pierre, when what she's trying to say is, I just want to see, I wanted to see if I legally had the right to take him to visit my family. He goes off on her about, I provide everything. I give you and Pierre everything that you could possibly want. And you just want to leave me and I'm going to prosecute. How dare you? I'm going to press, you know, like press charges against you. Like that solves the damn thing. He keeps hounding her until she starts to cry. And then it's like, oh, these love bombs. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm hugging you. And, oh, I, you know, I just, whatever. And he's like, I just, I, I'm just so innocent. I just got upset that she would even bring up leaving me. And I want to make this work. And I love my child. Even though I said on camera that I would be fully willing to let this child to go into protective services in order so that that Karini can't take him to Brazil. This is what he said on Instagram live. Sick. He's a sick man. He's a sick, sick man. Let's move on. Okay. Let's do the family Libby just real quick. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't with them. They all go to this, like, small town in Moldova, the family Libby and the family Andre. They, Andre took them to a wine, winery, wine making place. There were some really cute donkeys. I appreciate them. 
with all the work that they did. Um, he just showed them all the like practices of how to make wine. Here's a churning situation. Whatever. They all end up getting jumping in in those barrels to do to wine stomp on grapes, grape stomp, and they have a fun time, I guess. Andre is clearly just getting along so he can get this wedding. And Chuck and Charlie are like, okay, we had one great day, but that great day doesn't make up for the time that you popped off on us on dinner because we provoked you. So guess what we're going to do? Chuck, Charlie, and Jen are going to meet up with your best friend, Andre, Marcel. Meet up with Marcel, who actually worked with Andre in the police force, to once again try and figure out what happened. So Marcel was at that dinner where they were trying to figure out what happened before, so this is nothing new to him. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Marcel lets a little bit of information out by saying that basically the police force is very corrupt and you have to do a lot of dirty, underhanded things. Essentially, what happened was that Andre wanted to stay there in the police force, but things went down that he wasn't willing to do. And he basically felt like if he continued to stay there and and act the way he was acting, that they would eventually go and set him up. Jen thinks it's just completely out of the realm of possibility that policemen are liars and that corrupt things happen. Can't imagine that. Never happened. Why would that happen? Never heard of it. I'm an American. I've never heard about uh, the police force being... Yeah. Let's move on. Um... You know, this just casts more shadows. Charlie's like, I don't believe you. I can't believe that it would be possible that you guys were just the two nice guys and everybody else was corrupt and that you guys were trying to rise above and that you, like, couldn't, you know, change the system from within. Nothing, no answer is ever going to be satisfactory for them because they've already got an answer that they want in their head and until they hear it, They're just going to keep asking and asking what exactly happened. Do I believe that? I kind of, honestly, I believe Marcel. 
do I think that Andre is a good guy? No. He's a monster. He's a sexy monster, but he's a monster. I would never want to date this man. He fucking sucks. But do I believe that, like, he would probably be in a situation that he didn't want to do, get into, and then he had to leave the country? Yeah, because we see him all the time doing things, you know, standing, not doing things that he doesn't want to do. Andre never does anything that he doesn't want to do. So (laughs) if that should be the biggest indication that he probably got into a situation in which he pissed people off because he wasn't going to abide by their rules. That is 100% Andre. And the fact that he may have actually been in the right in this case, well, broken clocks, you know? Broken clocks. Let's move on to Angela and Michael. Ugh. I cannot with this woman. We really got duped, myself included, by how awful baby girl Lisa was, but Angela's bringing up the rear on that one. (sighs) Lord. So they have decided to once again get married after Angela called it off. They go to the flower shop to figure things out, and Angela wants to get these flowers that are, you know, honoring her family that isn't going to be there, and she wants three different flower colors for the three months that her eight family members birthdays reside in she gets emotional okay I'll give you that because they're not going to be there she thinks that this is so important that she wants to spend hundreds of dollars on these flowers that are going to cut into the guests and food budget that his family is providing he they're paying for everything she wants to get these expensive flowers and cut down on the guest list basically <laughs> Um, then her friend Jojo comes in from Texas, her best friend, they call each other sissy. She was there when Angela went to pick out, uh, his Michael's tuxes and suits for the wedding. She's going to be there to be the American witness so that everything is legal and legit. Jojo arrives. Everybody's happy. We find out that they're going to have a joint bachelor-bachelorette party because we know that um, Angela's level of insecurity is as big as her breasts and there was no way she was going to let him out of her sight to be in the presence of a woman that he could possibly make eye contact with. So she puts on a pink peplum top and a bride-to-be uh, whatever you call it, <laughs> sash, and they go to the club. They go to a club that I guess his friends picked out, which is called Rumors, which has go-go dancers. Go-go dancers and, you know, short, like Hooters length shorts, crop tops. They're not strippers. They're just dancers, but we all know this is going to be a problem they have the VIP section. They're posted up. Angela's taking shots and chasing it with champagne. She is sticking her finger in his mouth suggestively. Backing that ass up into his groin. Everything's having, everybody's having a good time until literally Michael looks at a woman who's dancing. 
And then the fuck parade begins. Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck I, I'm out of here. You have fun, Michael. You stay here. And you have your fucking fun. The mayor is fucking over. I'm over this. I can't do this. Fuck you. Wedding's off. Okay, girl. Okay. Just because... He knows that I, I don't like him being with women, being around women, looking at other women. And I'm 54 and I'm young. I'm older than him. And he should know this. And girl, go to therapy, bitch. Go to therapy. I can't stand her. Let's move on to Colt, Debbie, Jess, and Vanessa. Much like Paul... Colt is being exposed as a completely manipulative monster demon. I cannot stand this man. And thank God they're outing this. So last week, Colt said, you know, we find out that Vanessa has moved into his home, to his cat condo. That he has also been talking to other women on the internet. He has not told Jess either of those things because... He doesn't want to tell her on FaceTime or over video chat because she might break up with him. So he wants her to come all the way to Vegas to tell her to her face. And by that, of course, he means I want to be able to control the narrative and tell her as little as possible so that I still look like the good guy. And that if she does anything, then she's the monster, right? So... Jess is on his way. They're meeting up at a cat cafe. So maybe it'll calm her down while he drops however many bombs on her that he has. They get in there. She's being kind of quiet. Like, okay. Hi, Colty. So good to see you. Um, Jess, you seem a little bit upset. What's wrong? Oh, how's your dick? Have you sent any pictures of your dick today? Ooh. Pardon me? Didn't want to hear that. But also, what are you talking about, Jess? Let's get into it, bitch. Oh, my God. She says that she has gotten eight messages in the past few weeks from girls sending screenshots of him sending his dick all over the internet from the mountains to the prairies. Oh my god. So she's like so what do you do? It's just like hey good morning here's my dick. Afternoon you have a nice lunch? Here's your dick. How's dinner? Here's my dick. Oh good night I love you here's my dick. Is that what you're doing Colt? And he looks like oh he says something pretty much verbatim. He literally says when Jess started talking about the women I was talking to and sending dick pics I don't know I was mortified, honestly. While I was talking to these women online, I was sending dick pics, and I'm ashamed of myself. He said that one sentence, and then he turned around and said the other one. So he went from saying, like, I'm mortified that she would dare say this, to I'm mortified at myself for doing it. Yeah, I did it. No, I didn't do it. But yes, also I did. What? We're in hell, (laughs) y'all. We are in hell. He then is like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation at the cat cafe. So, you know, it, I just take you home and 
just give me 10 minutes and I'll send Debbie off and then we can have this conversation for real. Okay. Okay. He starts talking about like how she humiliated him in public and he just wanted to ease into the conversation, but Jess just came out gun bl guns blazing. Fuck you. You did it. You can't be mad that people react poorly to your poor behavior. What? Where? What? What's happening? What is happening? So they get back to the house and he's pouring drinks for them. Jess and Debbie are having this very strained yet polite conversation. He gets the drinks. They cheers to each other. She's making the face again like, you got about 10 seconds before I blow this whole shit up. And you know what? I'm going to. Bomb. Um, you're a really good actor, Colty. You should go to Hollywood. Hollywood needs cult. You can see Debbie tense up like... Jess gets her phone like, oh, I got some things on my phone, Debbie. Do you want to see them? No, I don't. No, I think you should look at them. I think you should. Debbie gets up. Once again, Colt is acting like it's her fault that he has let the dicks fly via SMS or social media, in the DMs, in the email, probably messenger pigeon out there somewhere on the way. To send his dick pic to somebody else. Okay. I, I mean, it is crazy to me. And it's really like... We can have a conversation about this being racially problematic, too. Because he always acts like, Oh, these spicy Latinas. They're so out of control. They're so wild. They're always screaming. And he's always a victim to their be reacting to him being an asshole. Ugh, I hate him. I really do. Moving on to somebody else that I don't feel great about, Asuelu and Kalani. So, dramatic card comes up on the screen. Last we saw them, Kalani walked away from Asuelu because they got into a pissing match about who could beat whose ass. So what we see on the screen says... After the cameras left, Asuelu overheard Kalani and Kalini talk about the what happened, and they were talking about Asuelu. He popped the fuck off. They left. He left. He went back to Tammy's house, and they got a hotel. Kalini then left, flew out the next day, and Kalani changed her flights. She FaceTimes with her mother and says, tells her what happened. And she's like, I don't know how you did this. Do you ever have problems with my dad? And her mom's like, of course, but you know, like you've got kids and that's something that you have to take into consideration with, you know, low, your father has some issues and we still deal with them, but you know, we make it work. And I'm encouraging you for the sake of the children to maybe make this work. But you can tell that Kalani is done. Done. Then the next scene we see that Asuelu is actually in the hotel room. 
He came over the night before with flowers and uh, balloons because it was like February 12th, let's say. And obviously Valentine's Day is coming up. She said that he came, she opened the door and he was down on one knee and apologetic. But as soon as they closed the door, they started arguing again. This chick is so tired. She's exhausted. They're getting ready to go to the hotel. And Asuelu's like acting like Mr. Nice Boy. Like, oh, you don't want to, you don't like the balloons, the flowers? Uh, yeah, Asuelu, they're really nice, but this doesn't, you know, like the plantains, this doesn't smooth over the epic argument that we got into. She's trying to put on her makeup. One of the babies is grabbing at her titty. To get some milk out. He's trying to have this conversation like the argument that they had the night before didn't even happen. And they, I just want to have a nice time. And Kalani's like, I, maybe we can go to therapy. Asuelo doesn't even know what therapy is. But she explains like, you say how you feel. I say how I feel. Somebody, a neutral party, tries to sort it out. He's like, okay. He agrees to go. They pack up and go to the airport and it's just like a metaphor for their relationship. They get out of the car and he's like, I'll, I'll take the kids in this, um, little wagon that we've got that takes minimal effort. And why don't you carry the three big bags of luggage that we have into the airport? She's like, seriously, (laughs) So they end up switching and As they're about to, you know, go through security, producers stop Kalani to uh, interview her about what this, and she's like, listen, I'm grateful that he was here to get us to the airport. I really just want to go home. I've never wanted to go home this much in my life, but I'm done. And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, I'm done with this marriage. And you can see it all over her face. Like, I I can't do this shit anymore. She's like, I love Asuelu, but I need to love myself and my children more. And I don't know who this person is anymore. He wasn't like this. And he wasn't so combative and ugly, frankly, when I first met him. But, you know, she looks like a broken woman. She's like, I can't. I this doesn't serve me. This relationship doesn't serve me anymore. And it's not going to serve my children to continue to stay in it. And I felt really awful for her because listen, what am I about to say? I stand by, I will forever stand by. She should not have let this man nut in her, not once, but twice. How many other times, you know, maybe we didn't get to full consumption. She should not have let that happen, but we're here now. She's in a bad situation. She's got two very cute children. She's raising three children, including Asuelu, and she's broken, and I feel really bad for her. So I'm excited to see what's going on. All right, let's move on to 90 Day the Other Way, the mid-season finale. They were talking to each other. They were spending very good times with each other. No, I saw him that he was talking to her a lot in the night time. We were sleeping and he was with 
Jenny. I realize they are having some relationship more than friends. I was shocked. God bless 90 Day Fiance the other way producers for giving us quite the cliffhanger for the mid-season finale. It will be coming back on October 11th, but until then, let's get into what happened this episode. I'm going to start with, you know, Kenny and Armando, it's like hard to even really talk about them because they get such short short scenes that... It's almost not even worth talking about, but basically the only thing that happened with them is Kenny's daughters left to go back to America and they packed up to go to Armando's place. They're going to pick up Hannah. They're going to meet the parents, hopefully. And that was really it. Kenny seems to think that this meeting is going to be the determinant for his relationship with Armando. And if it doesn't go well, that could be the end of them. I think that's a little dramatic, but hopefully I'm right and not him, because if that ends their relationship, then that would truly be a shame. Moving on, let's go to Tim and Maylisa. Tim finally got through, gosh, are we two episodes now that he has not cried? Wow, growth. Um, so obviously the job hunt didn't go well, because he doesn't have a visa to work. He meets up with Maylisa, and... He tells her, you know, I have to find a job that's going to sponsor me, but the lady, the agent told me that it would be a lot easier if we got married. Melissa's is like, okay, well, marriage is not on my mind at all. And Tim's like, well, yeah, I figured that, but reasonably, if I don't have a job, I really don't know what I'm going to do, but, uh-oh, thank God I have my job back at home because if anything happens, <laughs> if anything blows up in my face, then at least I have the security of my job at home. And Lewis is like, oh, okay. I did not know that you kept your job in America, and I'm not happy about it. She thinks that he's not being honest, and this is now um, obviously his lack of honesty and the fact that he is extremely evasive a lot of the time is triggering to her and rightfully so. I don't know how I would feel if I were her. I mean, the reality of the matter is on the one hand, he has no real chance of getting a job unless he finds a job that will sponsor him. And what's the likelihood of that? But on the other hand, if you were supposed to come here and move down and be all in, then you wouldn't be keeping ties to America. The biggest tie being a career that you are eventually going to have to get back to. So the moral of the story is that she's sick as a dumbass. I don't know how they got on the show. It seems to me more and more like they are gaming the system on 90 Day Fiance. And is this like a Yolanda and the Williams situation, like, they know, they knew going into this that, like, they were gonna, nothing was gonna work out, and they were just like, well, let's just make the most of it, because, again, why are you guys on a show called 90 Day Fiance if you guys are barely hanging by a thread? <laughs> you guys aren't even engaged. You have no intention of getting engaged to each other. Marriage is far, far down the path. 
So why are, why are we watching you guys? Why are we having to be subjected to a man who looks like one of those white lab rats when he cries and the woman who hates him? And I don't blame her, but she does. <laughs> I don't get it. So she's pissed. And Tim says, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm sacrificing everything. And he almost starts to laugh. Get out of my face, sir. And he talks about, like, basically, I'm so committed and, you know, I'm doing all this for you. I moved down. She's like, it really hurts my feelings that you don't think that I'm as committed as you. I am sacrificing my family and my beliefs to continue this relationship. (sighs) He just looks at her and she's like, please stop looking at me. (laughs) He looks the end of the direction and he's like, well, it's clear that we have a lot of work to do. And he walks because he's pissed. Now he's mad. Okay. Okay. Fortunately, Melissa hits us with a one-two and says that she's actually hiding something. What could that be, Melissa? Can't wait to find out. (sighs) Ah. I hope she's been sleeping with every man from Texas to Cartagena. And that's my truth. All right, let's move on to... Let's move on to Devin and Jihoon. So Devin and Alicia go out for tea. Alicia's about to go back home to Utah. Jihoon is alone with both kids, and they're both like, oh, I can't imagine what... (laughs) Drusilla is doing to him at this moment and we get a little flash to Devin holding or excuse me Jihoon holding his baby Dayoung something that we rarely see <laughs> and Drusilla using his arm as a punching bag I knew he was probably hurting she probably put some, some wallops on him um so Alicia says you know I, I see a relationship as like you guys are on a train And it's headed toward a bridge that has collapsed. And I'm just watching this train head toward that bridge. And there's really nothing I can do about it. (laughs) And she says, I'm genuinely scared. Like, legitimately scared. And I'm scared for the fact that Jihoon is immature. And that he uses his parents as a parachute. And a safety net. And that he's always going to be that way because they enable him. Right on, Alicia. I mean, I can't argue with you on that. That's for sure. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I think that maybe as a mother, you could offer some, like, kind words and reassurance, even if you don't feel it, and not tell your daughter that her relationship is um, about to sink into the ground. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe honesty is the best policy. I don't know. Um this is kind of this was my point about Janice um Ariella's mom and Alicia. That they don't really set their daughters up to for success. Is that like when they leave they're like oh I'm scared for you. This is going to be bad. And now we see Ariella who's like having a panic attack, panic attack every 30 seconds. And while I'm the fuck out at Binyam, let, let me finish with, uh, Devin and Jihoon. So, (laughs) 
So back in the apartment, they're they all get back and Alicia's waiting for her car and Jason's like, I'll miss you. <laughs> and Alicia just stares back at him like, Yeah, I'm sure. She says that she feels like she's leaving Devin with a sixteen year old to take care of her and her children, which is, you know, fair. Um, she gets in the car. For some reason Drusilla is very hot. Like her face is red. Her hair is like matted down with sweat. Oh my gosh. And they, we get to an interview of her after she leaves, gets in the car. They do an interview and Jason's like, nice. <laughs> like, I feel like I can live with her gone. But he does a nice thing by asking Devin like, oh, how do you feel? Are you sad that your mom's gone? And as they're having this conversation, Jihoon gets a text and Devin's like, oh, who's the text for? from? And you see that she almost grabs for his phone. Which is like, I have questions about that. In the preview, it says it, it, um, there was a scene of her asking Jihoon if he'd been faithful to her. So maybe there's a reason why she went grabbing for that phone. Um, he says that the text messages were from his mom because she wanted her credit card back. Turns out he used her credit card to get gas. And Devin's like, here we go again. My mom's not even on the tarmac yet and you're relying on your mother for money she tells him listen dude you have to stop being so reliant on your parents you have to be more financially independent like we have to make this work without them he's like yeah yeah totally yeah 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 sure (laughs) bad Mm 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 uh, let's move on to Ariella and Binyam since I started up on her already. Now, I have to give credit to her or whatever you want to call it for the fact that she is pregnant. She is hormonal. She is in a situation, not a situation. She's in a country that she didn't anticipate being in by herself in a language that she can't largely speak. All of those things are fair rational things to have a bit of anxiety about but I'm a hard ass and I'm thinking like I understand culture shock to a certain extent but like we're not even 24 hours of Janice being gone and she's truly tripping and I just feel like she had a lot of time to prepare for all of this so (laughs) we get treated to uh their opening scene which is they're still in the hotel that Janice uh got Binyam has a bucket and he's washing clothes in the bathroom in the bucket with a pink shower cap on. Mm, Art, true art. Ariel is sitting on the bed and says like she feels really anxious and overwhelmed with her mom being gone. And they had she and Binyam had gotten into a fight the night before. She says there's a lot of pressure for her to stay, even though she doesn't want to. Now, here's where I just feel like you should be honest because clearly you've got this all mapped up to go back home. So I don't think it's fair to like jerk this man around and be like, I love you and I want to stay, but I also feel like I'm just staying for you. And how would you feel if I went home and like, you know how he would feel Ariella, you know that, you know that this has happened to him before. And, uh, you know, 
she keeps like going back and forth between like I want to stay but I just feel like I'm not comfortable and I don't know anybody and you don't speak English she keeps she keeps harping on the fact like she feels like they can't really communicate with one another and I think Binyam probably speaks better English than what we're being led on to believe but also what we're seeing is him speaking pretty good English and I think it's like really uncool of like Whenever he responds to her, all she says is, you don't understand me. You you don't hear what I'm saying. And I feel like he's responding exactly to what she would, what she's telling him. Much like Chuck and Charlie and Jen, like, she's just not getting the answer she wants. And so she feels like she's not heard. And I don't think that's really fair to him because Binyam's doing the best he can. Unfortunately, the best that Binyam can do is not up to your standards, but again, these are things that you knew. And so you have to give him a little bit of credit for trying, and you have to give him more than 24 hours to get his shit together. So, and why aren't you helping? Why are you not helping financially? Why are you completely, like, you knew... That this man was a broke bitch. So why do you not have... Why are you not bringing any financials into the situation? You should be mad at yourself a little bit. For not helping. <laughs> right? Like... like. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You knew that you were moving to a third world country. You knew that he was not like Darren Stan's grooves, you know? He wasn't a choreographer. He's not... This man said at one point that he's in the circus. <laughs> you knew that he was not successful because if you... He, he was living... When you met him, he was living on his brother's couch. So... Why are you not bringing any dollars, American dollars, to this situation, is my question. So, she said, Binyam says, like, he tells her to be patient. And Ariel says, like, the reason, the only reason why she's staying is for him. And we're not getting along. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you guys got into one fight. Like, you're going to go home over that? I don't know. She keeps telling him that she wants to stay, but obviously she wants to leave and 
she even's like, you know, I have a few weeks to figure it out before I am unable to travel back. And he's like, okay, well, like, give me a couple weeks. So then they go to visit an apartment that she found on online. So it is 45,000 lira, which is the Ethiopian currency, which converts to $1,400 U.S. That's expensive. <laughs> you know, like, so Binyam says, I've got like six jobs. I teach dancing. I work at the club. I work at a circus. I do my, we haven't heard about this MMA for quite some time, have we? I don't think that was on the list of his jobs either. But whatever he makes only comes out to about $500 US a month. So his insistent that they stay at the second apartment that he showed them, which is his cousin's apartment that he is very much under construction and it is 6,000 bira a month, which is only $170, but they obviously can't move there anytime soon. He is insistent that it's going to be able to be fixed in a week. And we all know that it's not. But is it something that Ariella needs to scream at him in a cab about? I don't know. And and then she's like, well, why didn't you tell me, like, I could have helped financially? Like, yeah, you could have. Where is your savings, girl? Where is your savings? Yeah. This is what frustrates me about her, is that, like... She, she's truly not bringing anything to the situation and then she wants to cry about her circumstances and like I get it I wouldn't want to be in a country and find out that like I'm basically homeless because the places that he does have are uninhabitable but again my ass would have been like where am I living drop the pictures give me a video tour I I can't live there. Like, I don't want any surprises. I will be damned. <laughs> I'll be damned if I fly thousands of miles and don't know where it is that I'm laying my head at night. Like, you got me fucked up. Okay? And and I just, like, where was the research? Where was the, the preliminary research that was done before you left there? Why did she think that he had the kind of money? If he had that money, he wouldn't have been sleeping on his brother's couch. If he had the money to be posted up in a $1,400 a month apartment, I'm sure he would be. He wouldn't be in the country on a, on a love seat, sleeping on a love seat. And that's your problem. And I think it's really unfair of her to just be screaming at him. Even though I understand that she's hormonal and all of that. Not cool. So let's move on to, ooh, let's do Brittany and Yazan. Shockingly, we get a screen up before we even see them. That tells us that Brittany got an urgent message about needing to head back to Chicago because she needs to report for a divorce hearing in three days. So here's the tea. Apparently, before Brittany was living in Florida with her father, she had spent several months living in Chicago with her mom. She filed for divorce in Chicago, but in typical Brittany fashion, she didn't hear anything back 
and didn't bother to follow up on whether or not her divorce had been officially filed or okay she didn't she never heard anything back so she figured nothing ever came of the divorce so that's why we saw that scene of her down in in florida trying to figure out how she can get out of this so it turns out the lawyer from chicago says emails her and says okay your divorce proceedings you have to be in court in three days so she's in a mad dash let's have the conversation about how dizzy this bitch is. We first were introduced to her by saying that she forgot she was divorced. So I guess really it's on me for not being surprised that she (laughs) just didn't zero follow up whatsoever to see if her filing for divorce had actually gone through. If anything had been done, like I'm just going to rely on them hitting me back no follow-through whatsoever like but I mean we've seen this pattern of her behavior so truly I should not be surprised that like she just like throws something up in the air and and just waits for it to fall down my god I mean it's incredibly frustrating but it's also content and entertainment so shout out to you girl so she has to lie her way to the airport basically Yasun comes over to the apartment and he is visibly very upset and he's also real suspicious Brittany obviously cannot and did not tell him that she was going to Chicago for the divorce proceedings because she already told him that her divorce has gone through so her excuse is I've got a sister in Chicago who is pregnant So I'm going to go see her and there are some things that I have to take care of. Obviously, since this is all very last minute, he is, feels weird about the situation. He doesn't think that he's getting the whole truth and he is also nervous that she's not going to come back. All, all very fair and valid concerns to have. So he's like, following her to the car and he's like are you sure you're gonna come back are you promise you do you want to come back like is this are we good she's like yeah i'm fine why would you think that i wouldn't come back oh lord 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 um she also claims and i knew she was gonna do this like oh i was gonna tell Yazan, that before I got this email, I was going to tell Yazan about my divorce, but we were just in such a good place and I didn't want to ruin it. (sighs) Deep breaths, y'all. What is she (laughs) doing? She's so stupid. She's so stupid. She's stupid, right? (laughs) She's stupid. Everything that happened between them is like, you didn't want to tell him because you guys got into a fight. You don't want to tell him because things were too good between you and don't, you don't want to ruin it. There was never going to be a good time. Scratch that. The only, the good time, the best time to tell him was before your ass got on the plane to Jordan in the first place. But here we are. Here we are. Oh, Lord. Let's move on to Jenny and Sumit. There were a couple of um, shocking revelations that happened from Jenny and Sumit. So, finally, 
we get some content out of them. Because so far this season, it's been a real snooze fest. So, Sumit, last episode, was like, I'm going to my parents' house. We're going to talk about this relationship. We're going to hash everything out. I just want them to approve of it, not only emotionally, but legally, because I need your permission to get married in India. So, Jenny's deal is that she is in India on a tourist visa. Those tourist visas last 10 years, but you have to leave the country every six months. So it's very important to Jenny and to me that they, before the six month deadline, get married so she doesn't have to leave. Um, we find out that back in like 2013, 2014, she actually lived with his parents for like, this was the first time that she visited India. She moved in with the family and lived at the house for four months. She had the third floor bedroom. It was basically kind of like her, her own like little suite. She had a relationship with uh, Sumit's mom, but they were sneaking around, creeping around. Jihoon would, not Jihoon, Sumit would go to up to her room, lock the door, and it would be sexy time for Jenny and Sumit. Um, they seem to be under the impression that this was a secret. <laughs> so hold on for that. <laughs> um, the producers asked Jenny, like, what would you say to Sumit's mom if you had the opportunity? And Jenny says, well, I would tell her, um, what the fuck is the problem? And to cut the shit out. <laughs> So, and then she says, you know, like, if given the opportunity, and back in 2014, if Sumit's parents had just let us get married back then, then we would have avoided all of this prop, all of this issues. Okay, Jenny. So then we meet Sumit's parents, and I think this is the first time that we've seen them on camp. No, maybe it's, maybe we saw them last season. Maybe not. I I don't remember really seeing them, but maybe we did. Um. So they do an interview and producers are like, all right, tell us what the deal is. Tell us about your journey with Jenny and Sumit. So his father speaks English and says, you know, she came out in 2013. We were under the impression that they met on Facebook. She was just a friend who wanted to visit India. So they were like, okay, cool. You can stay with us. We thought she was going to be staying there for two, three days, maybe a week. She ended up staying for four days months <laughs> then like i said jenny and sumit's mom got really close we see all these pictures of them like hugged up tight on the couch really good friends they spoke a lot they got really close with one another then her dad noticed that sumit was hanging out a lot with jenny at night after dark and he thought that was very weird and then they find out that they had been knocking boots with each other and they were shocked. They were like, listen, she's too old. And they feel like the relationship between Jenny and Sumit is really inappropriate. And they felt like Jenny should have really viewed Sumit as a son and not a lover. Because if we're, let's say, they're filming this in 2019. Jenny and Sumit are 61 and 32 respectively. Meaning in 2013, 
they would have been what 26 and 55 at the time Jenny is older than at the very least older than Sumit's mom so this is a real yikes situation so the way they're wording it kind of makes it seem like they're viewing Jenny a little bit as a predator and I don't think that's necessarily fair because clearly their relationship I believe their romantic relationship sort of predated her even visiting India obviously not in the physical sense but like they were talking to each other before she decided to visit um but I can understand how if you didn't know if you if you were if Jenny was presented to you as just like a friend an internet friend who just wanted to travel to India to like see what it was like and then you build up a friendship with her and then you find out that she's you know busting it wide open for your son (laughs) and you're thinking the whole time that she's just like this nice old lady I I could see how I I could see how they feel that way for sure that was the end y'all of 90 day the other way for another what six weeks exciting so what i'm going to be doing moving forward um in the interim is recapping more thoroughly happily ever after and darcy and stacy i have to admit i have not watched this week's episode of darcy and stacy so we'll start with next week and yeah you guys have a great week thank you guys so much for listening Thank me for speaking. If you haven't left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you did. So thank you in advance. Y'all have a great week.